Uh, grab your Bibles, if you will. Let's just, let's just go to the Word. Can we just do that? Let's go to the Word. We'll do announcements and offering later. Let's do that. Let's go to Matthew chapter 4. Cody, thank you so much. Don't you appreciate the worship team tonight? Come on. Love you guys so much. Thank you, Cody. Well, as you know, we, we are at the conclusion of our seven-day fast. This is a fast of consecration unto the Lord, devoting ourselves wholly unto Him. Holy, that's with a W, and also holy with an H, right? Holy unto the Lord. Amen? And I just thank God, uh, even standing up here tonight, just feel supernatural strength. He's just hanging on to me right now. And if he smacks me on the head and I become a bobblehead, just know I'm right in the grip of the Lord. It's going to be okay. <laughs> this has been awesome. We have been together every night. I mean, since those of you online watching, since last week, if you were with us, uh, we, we've been in church every single night in intercession and in prayer and in ministry unto the Lord, and it has been magnificent. And I'm hungry for more. I'm hungry, period, but I'm hungry for more of that. <laughs> so... How many of you are staying up till midnight to eat? I'm just kidding. Just don't even, don't even. I told you Matthew 4. Are we good? Are we recording? Are we going? Matthew 4, good. We're flowing. Um, you know, tonight I want to speak to you about spiritual cravings. And if you're taking notes tonight, I'd like you to write that down. If you're not taking notes tonight, I'd like you to go ahead and write that down. I want to talk to you tonight about spiritual cravings, and I specifically want to talk to you about the bread of the Word, the bread of His Word. I had a funny thing. Um, as I got before the Lord, I came in early this morning on the campus, and I've been here all day. And as I got in, the Lord started um, stirring this memory of, that was, Bren was talking about at the house about three weeks ago. And she's like, Brian, do you remember in that one revival and this was maybe 20 years ago, uh, they, they, she said, Brian, they used to call you the bread man. Do you remember that? And I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, the bread man. We had a, we had a good laugh, but Josiah and Victoria were laughing. And um, I was thinking about the bread of his presence. And, and actually, I've, I've, Israel is so in my heart right now. And I just kind of began to travel in my heart and in my imagination um, with our team and just everywhere that we have been. And everywhere we set foot, and being in Bethlehem, the house of bread. And I, I had so many things stirring in my spirit in prayer and in preparation for tonight. But the Lord began to speak to me concerning the bread of His presence, but also specifically the bread of His Word. And I want to speak to you tonight about spiritual cravings. I don't know how long I will go, and I really mean that. Uh, I don't know how much gas I've got in the tank. I just know that God is helping me. And he's holding me. So, Lord, we just thank you for the power and the glory of your word, the majesty of your word. May your word thunder in this house tonight. May your word feed us. May your word strengthen, strengthen every life, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, shift us and align us into place this night. Whatever you need to do, in us, Lord, if you need to correct us, Lord, we pray that you would correct us. If you need to comfort us, that you would comfort us, or all of the above, whatever you desire to do, Lord, I thank you that you take the glory 
of your word, the power of your name, Lord, tonight. And as I preach, that you would so exceed what I'm going to convey in the natural, and that this would land on the people with supernatural anointing and oil flowing in the house everywhere. Your name, your name is flowing oil. So let it flow this night, Lord, and may your word be electrifying in this house. In Jesus' name, there it is. And then Jesus, he was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. And now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. How peculiar is that? I want to make note of that tonight. And before we go any farther, I want you to look in verse 2, and I want you to highlight this word or write it down tonight, the word afterwards. Say afterwards with me tonight. Oh, come on. Say it with me tonight. Afterwards. A mentor in my life many years ago, we were actually uh, nearing the end of a 21-day fast. I was in my early 20s at the time. I will never forget his words, what he shared with us. And he said, guys and and ladies, I mean, there was many people gathered in the intercessory prayer room. He said, beware of temptation afterwards. You need to write that down. Beware of temptation after your fast. Just like Jesus afterwards, see, he was hungry. You have to watch out for your appetite afterwards. You have to direct your appetite. That's called self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit, right? Remember, God's not in control. He's in charge. Guess who's in control? You are. That's why God's given you the Holy Spirit, self-control. You've got to direct your appetite. You've got to watch very carefully after a fast because the enemy comes lurking. Are you hearing this tonight? Beware of temptation afterwards. The Bible says that the devil came afterwards. Why? Jesus was at his weakest level. It says he was hungry. He was hungry, and that's the need level, and that's when the enemy came. Can we read on? Now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the Son of God, and notice in verse 17 right above uh, in chapter 3, The Father had just spoken, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And look at the question that Satan comes with, if you are. If you are. Notice that right away. Wants to sow. If you are. Command these stones to become bread. And he said to him, it is written. Say those words with me tonight. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. Notice what he does. So Satan also knows the word. Did you catch that? Oh, watch this. Throw yourself down for it is written. 
He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Somebody say amen. amen. Again, the devil took him up to an exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Whoa. If you will fall down and worship me. And Jesus said, away with you, Satan. It's got an exclamation point on the end. I can yell on that. Is that okay? Away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Whoo! Isn't this awesome? I want you to go back up to verse 9, and I want you to hear these words. I want you to feel these words. Feel these words tonight. He said to him, all these things I will give to you if you will fall down. Fall down and worship me. Wow. He's saying, Jesus, I have to get above you. Jesus, I have to get above you. It's like you can feel Satan's lust burning within him. It's like you can... Feel his lust seeping out of him. I have to get above you, Jesus. Are you hearing this? I need you to fall down. I need you to worship me. Wow. I'm telling you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, this is the centerpiece of the devil's obsession and passion. He longs to be worshipped. This was him from the beginning. This is who he was from the beginning. He wanted to be worshipped just like Almighty God. It was his obsession that turned, I must be worshipped like Almighty God. He began to believe fake news in his own head. I, I, I mean, all the glory should be going to me. All the glory and the honor should be going to me. I, I should be worshipped. I should be set up on high. Are you hearing this? And then it says in Ezekiel, it says iniquity was found in him, which simply means wickedness or evil. Diabolical iniquity was found in him. I want to take you to Isaiah 14 for a second. And I want to stay on this point for a little bit longer. And I want you to grab hold of this tonight. Isaiah 14, I'm beginning in verse 12. This is the fall of Lucifer. How you have fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you were cut down to the ground. You who weaken the nations, for you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights 
of the clouds, and I will be like the Most High. You seeing it? I, 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 I. Yet you shall be, watch these words, brought down to Sheol. Watch this, to the lowest parts. To the lowest parts of the pit. Hallelujah. I want to tell you something about the devil's destiny tonight. He's going to burn forever in the lake of fire. He had a lot of vain imaginations going on in his head. He really thought he was something. He really thought he deserved glory. He really thought that he deserved honor and praise and worship. He really thought he was something, didn't he? See, it's always been a matter of worship from the very beginning. This is what he wanted. He comes to Jesus. He's finishing a 40-day fast. Jesus is hungry. Satan comes. Ah. Yes, uh, if you are the Son of God, go ahead and turn these stones into bread. Now, I'm going to go somewhere with this. I'm speaking to you tonight about spiritual cravings. Matthew chapter 4, I'm back there right now. Matthew 4, verses 3 and 4. The tempter came to him and he said, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. But he answered and said, it is written... Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That is our life source, ladies and gentlemen. It is the breath. It is the word. It is the inspiration of the life-giving word of God that will keep you and sustain you all the days of your life. Come on, shout amen tonight. Isn't it interesting, of all things... He provoked Jesus. He tried to get him to turn the stones into bread. Now, of course, we know that Jesus, I mean, he had the power to do so, right? But here's the most powerful, practical point that I want you to write down and take hold of in your spirit. Jesus came to use his power for others, not for himself. Write that down tonight. Because this needs to take root and take hold of us tonight. Jesus came to use his power and authority for others, not for himself. This is a big key. Jesus was determined to finish his fast strong. And I tell you, because he had an appetite for something. He had an appetite for victory. And it goes on. He had an appetite for our victory. He had an appetite for our victory. We're just getting rolling tonight. When Jesus returned from his 40-day fast, immediately he began to do mighty miracles. Look at this, Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It's going to be behind me. Put it in your notes tonight. When he returned from a 40-day fast, immediately mighty miracles began to burst forth. It said he was healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Now, all in the Hebrew means all. Uh, All in the Greek means all. All in the Aramaic means all. All in Swahili, uh, uh, are you catching this? Are you with me? All. Mighty miracles and healing began to break out. He began to deliver all those who were oppressed by the devil. Uh, You got to let this grab a hold of you tonight. Jesus saw through the fast on the other side 
He had an appetite for bringing deliverance to captives. Let this appetite get in you. Let it burn in you. In this time of consecration, Jesus desired to deliver the captives. He desired to destroy bondage of spirit, soul, and body. He desired to heal diseases. He desired to crush poverty and abnormalities, generational malfunctions, craziness, craziness. Touch somebody say craziness. You know Jesus can heal your craziness, your, your dysfunction, your, your wild side. <laughs> that's what Jesus was seeing. And that's why he was persevering through the fast. He was ready to begin to crush all the works of the devil. Guys, we have been praying. We have been consecrating ourselves unto the Lord. We have been setting ourselves once again apart. And three months from now, we'll have another week-long fast just like it. And then another one in the fall. But we have been setting ourselves and setting this house apart wholly unto the Lord. But we are also praying and pressing in for the greatest witness and outpouring of miracles and wonders. For the greatest outpouring of mass deliverance. Mass deliverance as they come in from the north, the south, the east, and the west. We're believing for it. Guys, I'm telling you, they're coming. They're coming. We will be a house of refuge. We will be a house of hope. Come on. We will be a house of deliverance. A house of encounter. It's happening, and the Lord is the builder of the house. He's the great master builder, and he will build his house, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Give him praise a little bit longer so I can take a sip. You guys are great. Thank you for your help. Man, I'll tell you what, this hit me today. I mean, can you, can you believe the nerve of Satan? Jesus, just, just go ahead and I'll give you all these kingdoms. I'll give it all to you. He had it to give because it was turned over from the first Adam. It wasn't a lie. He had it to give. And he said, oh, I'll give you all this. Just, I need you to just do what I've been lusting for. I've been dreaming about this moment all along. And now you're on my turf. I need you to get low. I need to be over the top of you. I need to make myself like the most high. Can you feel this? It's gross. Oh, it's gross. I'm telling you, that's what the enemy is trying to do this entire generation. I need you to bow down to me and worship me. I need you to bow low. Let me get over the top of you. Let me get over the top of you with my wokeness, with my perversions, with my deceptions. Are you hearing me tonight, church? He wants to be worshipped. Jesus. Jesus, wow. The devil's now, Jesus is now healing everyone. He's healing everyone. He comes out in the power of the Spirit. Here he comes out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit, right out of his fast. He's healing all those that are oppressed by the devil. I would say that the enemy is very nervous now. 
How many of you would say he's pretty anxious? He doesn't know what's about to happen. Jesus is moving in full authorization. He's moving in full authority now. He is bulldozing the works of the dark kingdom. I love it. See, here the enemy was scheming to do his very best to seduce Jesus. Why? To get Jesus focused on his own need. He came afterward. Did you hear it? He wanted Jesus to get focused on his own need. <laughs> but Jesus finished strong. And the Spirit of God was upon him now to change and transform the world. It's very clear, folks, it hasn't changed. Satan has an appetite for destruction. Jesus said very clearly, he said, the thief is the one who comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. But I have come that you might have life. <sighs> and that you might have life to overflowing and in abundance. Jesus had an appetite for complete victory. And I want this to grab a hold. Holy Spirit, make this grab a hold of the people tonight. Jesus had an appetite for complete victory because he was looking ahead. Ooh. He knew that his breakthrough would become your breakthrough. He knew that his victory would become your victory. He knew that his authority, all authority in heaven and in earth has been given unto me. That he would give you that authority over all the works of the devil. Oh. Woo! This is a big point tonight. This is a secret. This is a revelation. It's a revelation I continue to learn to this day of my life, and this is it. Our personal breakthroughs are not just about us. Oh. See, in God's, in God's wisdom, our breakthroughs have actually always been connected to others. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why I tell you all the time, Sarasota doesn't even know the demand on this church yet for the level of breakthrough that we must come into. They don't even know. They don't even know yet they're dependent on the breakthrough here for this entire region. I don't, I don't say that arrogantly. I don't say that haughty. But I remember when the Lord called us here and he said, Son, I am sending you there to be responsible, not respectable. He said, I'm sending you there to be responsible, not respectable. I'm sending you there to be responsible for this, for this literally for the saving of the, of the, dest the spiritual destiny of this entire region. I can't say that to you unless the Lord said that. If I was to say that, I'd be a liar. But it's what the Lord said. It's what the Lord said. He said a lot of other things too, and I'll get away from that. Listen to this. See, in God's wisdom, our breakthroughs are always going to be connected to others. Fathers, fathers, your breakthrough will leave a generational breakthrough for your family. Mothers, mothers, your breakthroughs will release a generational breakthrough for your sons and daughters 
and your grandchildren. When a man has broken through over pornography, sexual sins, uncleanness, it clears the path for his kids to be untouched. Hear this tonight. This is so important. I'm talking about living before the Lord to release a generational blessing, generational intimacy with God. You live a life holy. You live a life holy unto the Lord. What will happen is you'll leave a legacy of people that will fear and honor the name of the Lord. They'll fear God because, an example, a leader broke through before them. And obviously the Lord, our breaker, it's the Lord. But those who will follow him out. Are you hearing me? Our breakthroughs are always connected to others. There are breakthroughs that are happening. They're happening right now in this fast. And they're happening right on the other side of this fast. Amen. Amen. The anointing that's on your life has never really been about you. It's always been connected to others. Charles and Ann, stand up here so humbly. Throw us in a DeLorean, take us to 1974. They were trying to figure it out. They were trying to save themselves. They had a little offering. <laughs> trying to look for some place to give it. It's something. What a story. And yet now a legacy. Now, now a heritage, now a legacy because of chasing God. Their breakthrough became other people's breakthrough. Life Center became a house of glory. And that's what victory is. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Jesus went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day in, in Nazareth. Those of you on our team, of course, you will remember going to the city of Nazareth with me and Bren. What a day that was, phenomenal day. Jesus went into the synagogue in the city of Nazareth, and, and this is awesome. It says in verse 17, he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he opened the book, he found the place. Notice that. Notice that. He knew his time had come. He was ready to declare it. He knew his appointed time. Hear this tonight. He knew his appointed time had come. He was ready to decree it. He found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus knew what his mission was. I ask you tonight, do you know what your mission is? Do you know that this same anointing, yoke-destroying anointing is upon you? It is upon you. The Lord has set his oil. The Lord has set his hand. The Lord has set his fire. The Lord has set his face upon you. The Lord has set His blessing. He has set His inheritance upon you as an heir, co-heirs with Christ Jesus. It's all yours. 
And as Charles was praying over us, he began to pray about how the Father gave everything he had to give in the consummation of his son. Romans 8 and 31 and 32, what he started to pray right down here. For he who delivered up his own son, shall he not then freely give us all things? He's given it to us all. All. Do you know the holy anointing is on you? Do you know it? His holy anointing is on you. Go ahead and don't don't be backwards. Say, I'm anointed. Say it again. Look at somebody and say it. Tell them, I'm chosen. Say it, I'm chosen. I'm the beloved of God. I'm anointed. I'm set apart. I'm consecrated. You see that? You see that? You don't have to be backwards about it. I'm reminding you tonight, you are powerful in God. You are anointed. You don't have to be backwards. You don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to walk in some false humility. You need to know who you are. I mean, my gosh, church, could you imagine if Jesus really didn't know who he was? That he was can you imagine if he was confused about his identity and went to the scribes and the Pharisees to help him with his identity? Uh, picture that, Jesus going in, just trying to figure out who he is. I'm going to tell you right now, they, they were the biggest wet blanket you've ever seen. They would have talked him out of everything, but he was not confused. He was not confused with his identity. He was not confused with his identity. If you are the Son of God. Oh, my gosh. Sometimes I wish it read that Jesus just knocked him out. Fall off of this pinnacle. I'll knock your block off. He did knock his block off right there at the cross. Glory to God. Glory to God. I remember when growing up as a kid, my dad, my dad watches every week online. My dad had this funny saying. He would say, I've walked over bigger guys than you just to get to a fight. That made me laugh every time. And I could just, I could kind of hear Jesus just saying, I've walked over bigger things than you just to get to this fight. You're pitiful, devil. You're pitiful. You're pitiful. Jesus overcame the devil by the word. He overcame by the word. Your actual victory is abiding within you. The word is the living Christ. Hear this tonight. The Word is the living Christ. We know that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jump down to verse 14. And the Word became flesh, and He dwelt among us. The living Word, He abides within you. You have been made the ark of His glory. You have been made the tabernacle of His glory. The living Christ is within you. The Word is within you. The written Word is within you. And it has to be within you all the more. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let me say it to you like this tonight. He's not only the hope of glory. He's the hope of America. Christ in us is the hope of America. 
The White House has really not much to do with national awakening and revival, but the real church that Jesus is building has everything to do with that. Doesn't negate how we vote. I'm not, you, you guys know me. I've spoke about this for years. You've got to know the Lord and you've got to know his written word. Jesus said it is written, it is written, it is written, it is written. And he took his sword. So you've got, to be, you've got to get well acquainted without coffee on it. You've got to get well acquainted with your sword. You've got to get the word down in you and abiding in it and staying in it and saying it. You've got to get acquainted with your sword. You've got to use your sword. It's what Jesus did. You've got to use your sword to defeat the works of the devil. You've got to use your sword to defeat the lies that he's going to tell you. You've got to use your sword to overcome the deception of this antichrist spirit in these last days. You've got to use your sword to overcome wokeness. You've got to use your sword to devour these Leviathan spirits of deception. Are you hearing me? You've got to use your sword to defeat deception in these last days. Use your sword. The Apostle Paul, Ephesians chapter 6, put it in your notes. Ephesians chapter 6 and 17, he said, take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is what? What is it? It's the Word of God. Come on, church. It's the Word of God. you got to get well acquainted. you got to speak it. you got to use it. If you're going to triumph and move in victory, you've got to get your sword, and you got to start speaking it. And you got to start, start believing it. Let's believe it. And let's say it, and let's begin to drive the devil out. Are you with me tonight? I'm doing everything I can to preach. I'm about ready to fall over up here. I'm doing everything I can to preach. Just stay with me. Paul even told Timothy, he said, this word over you, it's, it's going to cause you to wage a good warfare. And this is, how you, this is how you fight the good fight of faith. This is how you wage a good warfare. It ain't by you being slick. It ain't by you looking all culturally hip. And you've got all the doodads. No, I'm going to tell you what. The, the, the devil answers to the name and the authority of Jesus. And heaven backs the name of Jesus. You don't drive devils out in the name of Elvis. You can't drive devils out in the name of the Beatles or Coldplay or whoever. You drive them out by the authority of the name of Jesus. And if you are his and he is yours, heaven will back you up. <sighs> you got to use the word to triumph. How are you going to fight temptation? The word. How are you going to fight sickness? The word. How are you going to fight depression? The word. How are you going to fight abandonment and loneliness? The Word. How are you going to fight affliction? The Word. How are you going to fight off wrong thinking, deception, doubt, unbelief, double-mindedness? The Word. The Word. you got to use the Word. you got to know that you're a child of God. See, again, this goes back to identity. This is very simple. It's so revelatory. It goes back to identity. You have to know you are a beloved son and a beloved daughter of the king. 
John chapter 1 and verse 12, such a powerful revelation that we are children of God. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name. Say it tonight, I'm a child of God. You've been given the highest privilege, ladies and gentlemen. You're a child of God. When you wake up tomorrow morning, Sunday morning, hallelujah, you're about ready to break that fast. Brian's going to be cooking two hard-boiled eggs. Glory to God, I'm going to be drinking chicken broth. But before I roll out of bed, I'm going to be saying, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a man of God. Oh, my. He gave us the right to become children of God. I want to speak over you tonight. Your sins are forgiven. Say it. My sins are forgiven. That's right. Say it again. My sins are forgiven. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. In Him we have redemption through His blood. Is it behind me? Look at those powerful, beautiful, life-changing words. In Him we have redemption through His blood. The, say it, forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. You are not only a son and a daughter. You have been forgiven. Your sins have been removed from you by the grace of God. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. What am I doing tonight? I'm using the Word. Oh, 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 thank you, Cody. I'm using what? The Word. That's how you know who you are. You want to find out who you are. Ha, ha. Here you go, baby. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. Whom being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Guys, this goes deep. He has cleansed us and purged us from our sins. When Paul talks about Jesus, he said, he who knew no sin... He literally became sin. Jesus on the cross literally became sin. Why? So that we might literally become the very righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Righteousness means that's what's right. That's mind-boggling. That God said, it is right, it is right to take our sins and put them on my son. And let him destroy it in the power of his cross, and it is right to make us who were loaded with sins and transgressions and iniquity, God says it is right to make you righteous and clean. Everything he does is perfect. Everything he does is right. Are you righteous tonight? I'm righteous, man. I'm righteous. Amen. I said, are you righteous tonight? Glory to God. Your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. 
and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Here's a doozy. You ready for the doozy? Doozy in the Greek means, no, I'm kidding. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25. What am I doing? I'm giving you the word. I'm just feeding you the word tonight. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25. It says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions. For my name's sake, I will not remember your sins. I will not remember your sins. I have blotted them out. Whatever it is. If I threw this mic around and you were embarrassed to say what Jesus really delivered you from, you know what that is? Jesus has already blotted it out against you and he's forgotten it. The Word says that you're the healed of the Lord. Say it, I'm the healed of the Lord. That's Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 14. I'm going to move on. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, put it in your notes. He says, I'm the Lord who heals you. He's our healer. We're the healed of the Lord. I said, we're the healed of the Lord. Isaiah 53, verse 5, it is by His stripes that we were healed. 1 Peter 2, 24, He Himself, He bore our sins in His own body on the tree that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness, who's by, stri- by His stripes you were healed. Did you see it? You have died to sin. Did you read the Word and agree with it? Look at it. Look what He said. Having died to sin, might live for righteousness, who's by, by His stripes you were healed. Guys, you're not waiting to die to be set free from the power of sin. You were already crucified with Christ. As Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, not yet I, but Christ now lives in me. And the life that I now live in this flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. When Jesus was crucified... You died because you were in him. And when he was buried, we were buried with him in baptism. When when he was raised from the dead, you and I were raised with him. When he was seated in heavenly places, you and I were seated in heavenly places, Ephesians 2 and 6. How God manifested his mighty power when he raised his son from the dead and put him and placed him Far above all powers and thrones and dominions, he put him at the right hand. And then he says, and you're seated there too. You are. You are. You are dead to sin, but alive to God. Say it tonight and mean it. I'm dead to sin. And I'm alive to God. Say, sin has no dominion over me. Come on, say it. Sin has no dominion over me. I'm alive to God. It's the Word, ladies and gentlemen. It's the bread of the Word that will defeat the devil. I want to remind you tonight again that you're anointed by the Lord Himself and by the Holy Spirit.
I want you to look at two scriptures in Matthew, Matthew chapter 10. And I'm going to round third base and slide home in just a minute. Jesus said, and when he had called his 12 disciples together, he gave them power over unclean spirits. This is a very familiar passage in this church. You know that. He gave them power over unclean spirits. Mm. To cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases. It sounds exactly what Jesus did. He returned out of his fast and the power of the Spirit, and he began to heal all, tormented and oppressed by the devil. So he gives them authority, right? He calls them together. He says, I've given you power. I'm giving you power. Now you go forth. You drive them out. You don't make deals with the devil. You drive the devil out. You don't make deals with the devil. You deal with the devil. You deal with him, right? You don't have to be backwards about it. Verse 7 and 8, and as you go, preach, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you've received, now freely give. Oh, my gosh. Guys, we can't lose sight of this. This is how we're supposed to be living as sons and daughters of God. We're not just supposed to be little, sweet, nice Christians where God's putting nice little gold Stars on the fridge next to our name up there. Gabriel, look at Mark and Kathy. Aren't they sweet? Let's put another gold star on the fridge for them. Praise. They're just so sweet and cuddly, and they just, they're just, they just love the people of God. No, listen, the Lord has given you power, and you can't be backwards about it. The church has lived in such a false humility for so long, doing nothing. Hands in their, they're not praying for anybody. Hands in their pocket. Do you know, do you know the statistics show that more people get healed if you take your hand out of your pocket and, and lay your hands upon people? I, you know, it's a wild statistic, but, but statistics really do show that, that more people get healed with hands out of pockets than in pockets. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't, I mean, I mean, we've been watching the White House for two years and Fauci and all these ignoramuses tell us crazy stuff. I thought that was a pretty good statistic. I think that one will stick, though. It's the word. Thank you, Don. It's the word. I'm telling you, you're a son, you're a daughter. You're an heir, you're chosen, you're forgiven, and you've been given authority, and you've been given power. And I've told you this so many times. Jesus said, you have received, now go freely give. You learn how to give by receiving. You learn how to give by receiving. When you receive love, you'll be able to give love. If you receive grace, you'll be able to, re to give grace. If you receive comfort from the Lord, you'll be able to give comfort but you got to take it to a whole nother level. If you receive power, you will be able to give power. Everything will change the moment your hand lays on somebody and their deaf ear opens and pops wide. Everything will change the day you put your hands on a deaf, or excuse me, a deaf, a deaf eye. That's not going to work, Henry. A blind eye. Let's stay in check. <laughs> A blind eye. 
and it is open before you, everything will change. One of the most notable miracles that happened to me right after Brent and I were married, and so many of you know the story, when literally that, that huge tumor just dissolved and disappeared off of that woman's neck. And I'm going to tell you, everything changed after that moment. I had told the Lord long ago, Lord, I, I, don't, I, I want a ministry that looks like you. I want a ministry like yours. I, I don't want to sit in an office surrounded by books and just uh, look important and people come to me and I can tell them a, a few good things. No, Lord, I want a ministry that looks like yours. And you know what? That ministry has been given to every one of us. You shall heal the sick. Bruce and Becky, you shall heal the sick. Gail, you shall raise the dead. Cody, Sandra, you shall cast out demons. It's your inheritance. He's given it to us. He's given it to us. Oh, wow. He's given it to us. Can I go on for, can I have five more minutes? Okay, five, ten, fifteen. That's good. You got to use the word. It's your sword of victory. It's your sword of victory. And you got to use it with confidence and you got to use it with conviction. You have to know what is yours with Christ. You have to believe in your inheritance that's been given to you, my friend. You have to believe it. Eternity awaits for us. God has written an eternal love story over our lives. Eternity waits, but God has chosen right now that we would literally rule and reign in this life. Now, I'm going to give you a Bible for that, too, because it's in the Word. Romans. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Now, he's speaking of Adam. He says... For if by one man's offense, and that's Adam, right? Adam and Eve in the garden. By one man's offense, death reigned through one. Much more, those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. There's our commission. God's calling us to reign. You see it? And he's calling us to reign through righteousness. The gift of righteousness that came by the grace of God. The grace of God enabled us and empowered us to live in right standing with God, in pure righteousness before God, clean, holy, pure. Isn't that awesome? Back to Matthew 4, go there, and I'm rounding it now. Jesus said, devil, you're going to listen to me. You're going to listen to me. It is written, written. Matthew 4, verse 4. But he answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. His word is alive. Guys, the word of God cuts through darkness. It penetrates darkness. There is life in the word when you believe it and when you say it. God is speaking to you all the time, my friend. Guys, I'm, I'm here to encourage you. God is speaking to you all the time, all the time. He's breathing His Word to remember and sit in your spirit. You just have to learn how to discern it. 
You have to learn how to hear the voice of God. You have to learn how to be sensitive to the ways of God. The Apostle Paul wrote it the best. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. And what I've been saying all along through our fast, the fasting is what makes us so much more sensitive. It's like, it's like a horse that is broken. That at the gentlest touch, that horse will move in the direction that it's supposed to go. It doesn't need any longer a bit and a bridle shoved up in its mouth to move him to the right, move him to the left, back him up, let's move forward. No, it no longer requires the bit and the bridle. It's now, it's the sensitivity and the awareness of his presence. And as we've been fasting and being with the Lord in the place of intimacy and in the secret place with with the Lord, that our Father is now going to reward you. Don't forget that. The big R word, the reward. Mm, I'm excited. The Spirit of God will lead you. The Spirit of God will direct you. The Spirit of God will redirect you. The Spirit of God will course correct you. The Spirit of God will keep you from danger because you are a son and a daughter of the living God. The Holy Spirit will bring the Word up in you timely. He'll remind you of the Word. Psalm 119, we love this chapter, we love this verse. Psalm 119, verse 105, your Word is a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. <laughs> I remember having Amy Grant's vinyl of that, dear Lord. Oh my gosh, 50 next year, crazy. Not her, me. <laughs> I don't know how old Amy Grant is. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. <laughs> ah, I hear you. Tonight I want to remind you, and I want you to declare in your heart and in your spirit, God is directing your life. God is directing my life. And you know, how, you know how you can be confident that God is directing your life? When you yield to his lordship. And fasting has been all about yielding, surrendering ourselves over. You can be confident that you're walking right in step with the Lord. I told you last week, I don't know if you remember, but I told you, if you are loving the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and you're loving your neighbor as yourself, you're already walking in the perfect will of God for your life. You need to stop, you know, making your mind crazy like a Rubik's Cube. Am I ever gonna, am I ever gonna do, am I ever, no, 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 listen, listen. If you're loving the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, loving your neighbor as yourself, you're already fulfilling God's purpose and will for your life. That's everything then everything will begin to flow out of that. Being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. His word, say it tonight, your word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. You light the path, God. You show me the royal path of life. You cut through this darkness. You cut through seemingly what looks like an epic maze before us going into the rest of 2022, 2023. I mean, God only knows. He knows everything, every week, every month, every day, every breath. He knows what we're about to, ready to walk into. Yet, he says, my word 
is a lamp unto your feet. My presence is just going to burn open before you. I'm going to cut through the darkness. I'm going to take you right through. It's going to light up your path. I'm going to light up your feet. Light up your feet. 1 Peter 1.25. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Somebody in the house say amen besides Cody. Thanks, Cody. The word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. And here's where we end tonight. This is where we land. And I hope I've done you well. Matthew 24 and verse 35, Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. It's the word, my friend. You have to have spiritual cravings. Crave the word. Eat the word. Spiritual cravings of quality time of being with the Holy Spirit, being with the Lord. So much of what everybody looks for, you know, and, and we've had, you know, I, I believe in the laying on of hands. I've, I've preached all over the world and laid hands on so many people. We, we lay hands on everybody here. But I'm telling you, the most magnificent thing is to be with the Lord and have him set his heart and his hands upon you so that you truly begin to burn. Everything you're, you, listen, we're about ready to open these altars. I take nothing away from it because miracles literally happen in this church. Miracles happened last week in this church. We were just talking about it out in the foyer. God is moving right here in the altars. I take nothing away from it. But I'm telling you, there's something about getting alone with God in the secret place and saying, God, lay your heart upon my heart. Lay your heart upon my heart. And I've told you, guys, that real fathers in the kingdom, that they go way beyond just the laying on of hands. They prefer the laying on of hearts. And that's what the Lord wants. I want to lay my heart on you, son and daughter. I want you to crave my heart. David said, my heart and my flesh cry out for God, for the living God. I'm telling you tonight, if your flesh, if your heart and your flesh can cry out for the living God, then that means this. It means your heart and your literal flesh can be fully satisfied by God alone. Your flesh can be satisfied by God. That's why the Apostle Paul could call people to a life of singleness in God. Your, your flesh can be satisfied by the Lord himself. Are you with us tonight? You here? Everybody here, raise your hand. If you're still here, if you're in the building. Charles Stock is here. He's, what? Is that Charles? Yeah. It's, if you're in the building, are you still here? It's been a mighty night. It's been a mighty night. Thank you, Lord. I'd like you to, if you would, place your hands out in front of you just to receive. I thank you, Lord, that gifts have been dropping into the house all night. From the very, from the very moment we began to pray in intercessory prayer before this gathering, the time that we walked into the sanctuary, the time that we began to sing and lift up our voices and lift up song and concert unto the Lord, 
gifts have been dropping into this place, and gifts have also been distributed by the angels of God that have come to this gathering with us. Gifts are happening now. Gifts are being released. Rewards are being released. Hallelujah. I bless your spirit tonight in Jesus' name to love and crave the word, the living word and the written word, to love the Lord, to love the Lord, to burn for the Lord. I bless you in your fast. I bless you as you've been courageous. I bless you as you have, you have sacrificed. You have cried out. You have called out to God. I bless you in the name of Jesus as you have placed yourself before the throne. You have worshiped with abandonment. You have been in the secret place. Now I bless you to receive a kiss from Father and to be rewarded from the Lord that there will be celebration over your life, over your home, and the testimony will be over your life. Look what God has done. Look what God has done. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Tonight, I bless you that your spiritual hunger pains will increase. Your spiritual hunger pains, that desperation deep down in you, that the deep calls out to the deep in God, draws you in. Lord, I want more of you. I want more of you. God, I want to taste and see again. You are good. You are good. You are good. Oh, I bless you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I just speak to diabetes right now. In Jesus' name, I speak to diabetes right now. Go, and I release healing virtue, healing virtue to flow into your body right now. I command diabetes to come out of your body right now. Be healed in Jesus' name. I speak to kidneys tonight to be healed. Someone right on the right-hand side where it feels inflamed and you got fire in your right kidney, in the name of Jesus, I just speak and loose the healing virtue of Jesus right into you right now. Right now, healing virtue of Jesus flow through your kidneys right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I just speak to the blood to be cleansed, the blood to be cleansed tonight, the blood to be set in order, the blood to be set in order in the name of Jesus. More of you, Lord. More of you. Healing virtue flow like a river. Healing virtue. Healing virtue flow like a river. I speak over those that have, who have had night terrors, night terrors, nightmares, strange encounters. In the name of Jesus, I bless you. I bless you. I bless your spirit, your mind, your bedroom in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Healing virtue. Healing virtue. I speak to the heel. I believe it's the right heel tonight. Healing virtue in the right heel right now in Jesus' name. I don't know who that is. Right now, let it go right through you. In the name of the Lord. Healing virtue, yes, 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 just receive it, yes. Thank you, yes, thank you. 
receive it now in Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Cody, why don't you come? Why don't you come? Hallelujah. He's here. He's here. And he's worthy. Amen. He's holy. The word is in you. The word is burning in you. He's building you to be unshakable, unstoppable, unquenchable, immovable, incorruptible. That's the church that Jesus is building. Incorruptible, unshakable, unquenchable. And any other abuls you can find. He's here. He's here. So this is an important instruction, especially for all of us in the prayer team. Get your breath mints. We've been fasting for a week. Let's get our breath mints. And I was afraid when Charles and Ann, I called them up and I didn't pop a breath mint. I thought, oh, Lord, don't let me kill them. I mean, they're visitors. <laughs> don't let me kill them. <laughs> oh, Lord, help my breath. So tonight, <laughs> I want to tell you something. You can't mess it up. You can't mess up the presence of God in here, folks. The way, that, the way that you can mess it up is by willingly going into sin and living like a, bol, a, a just a spirit, of, spirit of dumb and dumber gets on you. Thank you. Thank you. That's it. That's what I need. Thanks. He's here. going to open the altars. I want our prayer team to come. If you need prayer for any reason, oh, can our, can our, can our prayer team just freeze, freeze frame and go back to your seats in Jesus' name? I forgot to receive an offering. Isn't that great? I forgot. I totally forgot. Thanks, Rick. Can our ushers come? This is, this is helping the prayer team get their breath in order. If you, need, if you need an offering envelope tonight, lift your hand high so that we can serve you. You can give tonight on our Victory FLA app, our Victory FLA app. You can give at victoryfla.com tonight. Victoryfla.com tonight. You can give safely and securely. If you need an offering envelope, just one more time, just lift your hand high. Ushers, just serve them quickly, if you will. Yeah, keep going, keep going. Yep. Yeah, Victoria, go ahead and come, sweetheart. So we want to give you a moment to fill out tonight what you've come prepared to give. Thank you for your faithfulness of giving. Thank you so much for your faithfulness, for your heart of giving, your generosity. Thank you for honoring the Lord in your tithes. Thank you. God is blessing. Guys, God is blessing this house. We have been living in the most bizarre, craziest two years in American history, and God is blessing this house. We have partners all around the country blessing this house. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's really happening. I'm going to pray over the offering in just a moment. Victoria's going to give a few announcements, and I'm going to pray. We're going to release the prayer team. Really quick to get everybody 
on the same page. This coming Friday is Good Friday, and the Conways are going to be having their house fire at 6 p.m. It is in Lakewood Ranch. They're going to be doing a communion all together and making lamb. So if that perks your ears up, I encourage you guys to go to the website or the Victory FLA app, and you can go on to the um, event, and you can click register, and that will send your name to us so that we can have you guys down on the list. Again, that is going to be 6 p.m. in Lakewood Ranch this coming Friday, the Conways. Also, next coming Sunday, we have Resurrection Sunday. Who's excited about that? I love us getting together. Amen. I love it every year. We're going to be meeting at Ken Thompson Park at 7 a.m. Or no, not 7, 8 a.m. this year. 8 a.m. Praise God. Hallelujah. 8 a.m. Ken Thompson Park. So please be there. I encourage you guys. We're not going to have any chairs. Um, so we need you guys to bring your own chairs, old foldables, or you can do blankets, whatever. Bring your flags, and let's just be home, be family. So that's going to be this coming Sunday, 8 a.m., Ken Thompson Park. There we go. And last but not least, um, for those who are wanting to be baptized that morning, um, we would ask that you guys would go to the Victory website, or you can go to the info table after service and sign up. We're going to be doing baptisms that morning, um, Resurrection Sunday morning during the service. And if you want to be baptized, you also have to come to a class that we are doing next Saturday. Next Saturday, 4.30, we're doing a class for everybody who wants to be baptized on Sunday. Does that make sense to everybody? So if you want to be baptized, you have to go and sign up at the info table or on the website, and you have to attend the class. Make sense? Perfect. And here's Dad. Perfect. Makes sense? Yeah, makes sense. All right. <sighs> Thank you, Lord. I'll tell you what, I'm anticipating Resurrection Sunday. Man, guys, when we're out on the ocean, there's nothing like it. Sunrise service, wow, it's incredible. If you've not been baptized in water as a believer and you desire to be water baptized, sign up tonight. You can also go right on the website and sign up. Make sure you come to the class next week, 430. I'll be teaching for a, for a half hour on the power of baptism, okay, in your resurrected new life in Christ. It's going to be powerful. And we'll go right into prayer five. Are you guys ready to give? Father, we thank you again for the privilege of giving tonight. We thank you, God, for the family, for the family. And Lord, I speak abundance over your people. I speak breakthrough over your people, prosperity over your people that they will not lack. They will not lack in any good thing, God, that you will bless them, that you will give them greater doors of opportunity. You will give them provisions. You will give them surprises. Lord, I thank you. Miracles coming through the house in Jesus' name everywhere. And Lord, we thank you tonight once again for miracle finances, for the miracle property, and you're doing it for your glory. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Somebody say amen in the house. Come on. Ushers, go right ahead. Let's serve the people. God. So, like from now on, let's just treat Charles and Anne as visitors. Like we don't know they're here. And just, just let them walk by and just be like, hey, who are you guys? Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's something. One night, um, about a month and a half ago, I had a very strange experience. I was standing here on the corner. And all of a sudden, I felt 
like the presence of Bill Johnson walk into the room. It was the strangest thing. And then right after him, I felt the presence of Rodney Howard Brown walk right into the room. And there were others. And, they, and, and I was like, Lord, fathers are walking into this house. Fathers are walking right into this room. And, and of course, I've known both of them for many, many, many years. But it was a very strange thing that it felt like fathers were coming right up here and standing beside me in worship. And I'm like, Lord, this is, this is amazing. Like, I, I don't understand. I'm not even going to act like I, I understand it. You know, Pastor Kilpatrick will be with us in, in August. Hallelujah. Dutch Sheets will be with us in August. Again, fathers, generals, fathers, fathers, generals, generals in the kingdom of God. We'll be walking into our family and into our city and region. And we're getting a large, large place to house that gathering. That's going to be very significant for this region, guys. This is a seed for our region, for awakening, for revival. Come on. For awakening, for revival. And I, I, again, I'm just, I know, Charles, you want me to be quiet. I'm just so humbled that you and Ann are here. And just a father, a general. My gosh, I'm just so humbled, so blessed. So, Lord, now, now for the altars. We sanctify the altars. Everybody just stretch your hands towards the altars. And we just consecrate it now unto you. And I want you to begin to declare that miracles flow. Go ahead. That healing, that healing flow. Miracles flow in the house. Healing flows in the house. As hands are laid upon, that it really happens. That there's a divine transaction. Come on, declare it. That there's a divine transaction that happens in our altars tonight. Hallelujah. That deliverance happens tonight in our altars. Come on. You declare it. Deliverance will happen. Freedom will happen. Healing will happen. Just declare that the sword of the word will sever chains. Captives will be loosed. In Jesus' name. Prayer team, come. If for any reason tonight you need prayer, you need agreement of prayer, you're believing for a miracle. You could be believing for a financial miracle, a relational miracle, a marital miracle, whatever it is. I encourage you to come and receive from the Lord tonight. Have a miracle week. God bless you. Have a holy week. Have a holy week under the Lord. Amen. This is a holy week. God bless you. Good night, everybody.